Hey guys, welcome to the Tech People Podcast. My name is Ken Coyne. I'm your host and founder, as well as head of technology at Office Talent. I believe at the heart of any success story are the people who made it happen. Diversity, creativity, and innovation, when nurtured in people, can lead to an unbeatable formula. I created this podcast to share the experiences of some truly inspirational leaders on their journey to success. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Tech People. Today, I'm delighted to have Gordon Hempton on the show. Gordon is currently on his fourth startup and has kindly come on the show today to share his experience on how to build a tech business. His latest venture is called Spot, which is a virtual hub for organizations across the globe. Spot already have teams from Google, Apple, and Uber using the platform for communication. And recently, they raised a seed round of $5 million. So to learn more, let's welcome Gordon. Hey, Ken. Uh, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Thank you. Great to have you on the show. Such experience. I'm looking forward. Hopefully, we can get some nuggets of information from you today, Gordon. And thank you for coming on the show. But as I always do, I always like to have our guest maybe do a brief introduction about who you are, please. And maybe you could tell us a bit more about Spot also. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, you already did a great introduction. But um, you know, you. My, my name's Gordon, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Spot. And basically what Spot is, is it's the closest thing to working in person online. So users of our platform, they interact using virtual avatars in a virtual workspace that's customized just for their company. And it really creates a real unique remote working experience where you can, so to speak, look up from your desk and see what other people are doing, who they're meeting with. If I want to have a conversation with somebody, I can just walk up to them and, you know, Things like hallway whiteboarding conversations and serendipitous encounters are all there. And it's a really powerful way for remote companies to operate. Cool. Sounds really cool. Listen, we're going to learn a bit more about that in a moment. But before we go into that, maybe we could just go a bit further into your background and maybe you could share some of the experience, you know, talk us through about the companies that you started. Maybe to maybe just talk us through some, how did you go about doing that? Why did you maybe, from a starters, why did you want to become an entrepreneur? and why you went about those building those companies, and then we can go from there. Sure, that sounds good. Yeah, you, you mentioned in my intro that this is my fourth startup, yes. which is true. It's hard to believe. I've basically been doing startups my entire career. I okay. went to school and studied math and computer science at the University of Washington here in Seattle. And afterwards, I had a brief stint at Microsoft, where I worked there on a product called SQL Server. I was yes. there for nine months. I didn't even stay for the one-year vesting period <laughs> just because I realized that it only took that long for me to realize that working as a, you know, at a large company just wasn't wasn't really what got me out of bed in the morning and okay. ultimately like my impact on the company was just so small relative to the the company as a whole. And so, you know, back then I so, you know, myself and my roommate and my co-founder at the time, we all quit our full-time jobs. And we actually got into a program called Y Combinator. This is way back in the early days uh, of Y Combinator. You know, Gary Pan, who's the president of YC, was actually going through our Y Combinator batch at the time. Um, And, and, you know, really like what we built back then is actually a little bit similar to actually what we're working on with Spot today. It was called Team Apart. And it was a virtual workspace kind of similar to Google Wave at the time. But that ultimately went nowhere and, you know, learned a lot. But you know, I think for us, it was us just being engineers and focusing on just building cool product rather than really focusing on the business. 
Right. So that was the first startup, and then you know after that, like sorry, is we, successful or not successful or <laughs> in between? Not so successful. So okay. yeah, that that one essentially ultimately went nowhere. It was also a really tricky time because okay. right after we got out of YC, it was in 2008 when there was the whole financial crisis. Uh, yes, there was that. Sequoia put out a slide deck that was basically like doomsday for all new startups. We're only we're only putting money into our existing startups and stuff. But but yeah, that, that, already, that went, sorry, one. Yeah, I was just say yeah yeah that startup ultimately went nowhere. We had to spit it down, but it was a great experience and no regrets. Learned a ton, and so and yeah. Was, was there any like key lessons that you could share that you took away from that particular one for being the first um, startup? You know, so back then, you know, I was I was very young and. You know, we kind of just believe that if you build great software, people would show up. But that's absolutely not the case. Like the hardest part about building a business isn't writing the software; it's getting distribution and finding your first customers and really taking the time with your customers to really know that you're building the right product. And so that's kind of the big, the big learning of that experience. But great, yeah, yeah. On to number two. Number two and three are basically a little bit intertwined because they kind of involve a pivot from number two into number three. One of the experiences we had with that first startup was just going through an aqua hire process. We actually didn't get aqua hired. We opted not to. There's a long story there, but kind of inspired us to think about, could we build a marketplace where teams of software developers could get hired into companies as a unit? You know, it's kind of upside on both both sides of the table where, you know, you could teams of software developers work well together and they can onboard more quickly. And and so we started going down that route and we built a company called Group Talent. And That was a product, really was a marketplace that you know we we really had a lot of belief in, but that one ultimately turned out to just be a glorified services company. Like we were just basically doing recruiting and finding teams of software developers and placing them within companies. And it's very low volume. There's not you know thousands and thousands of teams of software developers actively looking to be hired as a unit. And so it really wasn't a technology company. It was just something we could have built with a spreadsheet, but you know it, it, it but we we were were technologists at heart, so we just really felt like it wasn't a great fit. But over the course of building group talent, we wrote a lot of software that we used to manage teams of software developers and companies. You know, just sending the email outreach, you know, nurture campaigns and things like that. And we had this moment of realization where we like we decided to not pursue group talent and instead to pivot the the business into an entirely new product. And that product we called Outreach. And it was really that back office tool that we built to reach out to people and send them emails and manage those relationships. We productized and built a SaaS business on top of that software. And Ooh. it was actually a very critical moment. Like we were months away from just winding the company down. And, you know, one of my co-founders is actually Craigslisting the furniture that we had and things like that. <laughs> oh no. But but we did this pivot and outreach is probably our biggest success to date because now you know from there like we actually did find product market fit and the company's still around. I I left outreach. So outreach was the name of the company that we pivoted group talent into. And outreach, you know, today has over 1300 employees. And wow. it's kind of it's kind of been a very, you know, it's a it's a you know achieved like a unicorn status. Although you know that was a also a different world. And so Amazing. it was it was a very you know incredible incredible journey. And there were a lot of reasons it also kind of so I left a couple of years ago from Outreach, okay. but it also kind of leads into our current startup spot. So there were a lot of reasons why Outreach was successful. I think, you know, right. obviously like building a SaaS business was a better founder market fit and, you know, we we liked it. But one of the big reasons 
for why it was successful was the culture. You know, when we were going through this pivot and even the people we hired, we really just developed a really strong culture, a really great set of values. And, you know, we just worked really well together and it was just an amazing experience. And I think without the culture we would have developed, we probably most definitely would have wound down group talent and not pursued outreach. And, you know, even the culture after we hired a lot of people was still so strong. And it was just a lot of it was driven by the whole aspect of working in person and just that, you know, there's just so yeah. much there. And, you know, fast forward to, you know, us, Wes and I, he's actually been my co-founder for throughout all of these okay. different ventures. But we were we were thinking like, how can we, you know, reproduce? We knew our next startup was going to be remote because this was, you know, during the pandemic. Right. How can we recreate that same experience we just went through where we could get all of that, the value of having a high-performing organization that we felt was very much partially attributed to being in person? How could we capture that in a digital experience? Because I think if you're if you're able to do that, it's really a best of both worlds type situation where you can have the cost savings and the efficiencies of being remote, but then also some of the intangibles and just the, the culture aspects of being in person. I think if you could do that, I think it's really the great, it's an amazing thing. And that's that's what we're trying to do with our current and most recent startup spot. Brilliant. And the culture piece, like how do you capture or how do you maintain that culture piece using spot? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, culture is a really interesting thing. Like yeah. in, in my mind, you know, I think there's a lot of people say culture is a lot of different things. For me, it's, you know, the shared values and behaviors and, you know, attributes of a, of a group of people. But really, I think what's also important for culture is the environment that kind of enables people to manifest their culture and express, share their values and interact and come up with learned behaviors. And, you know, it's really hard to do that with just text and team chat and video tiles and Zoom. And so with Spot, you know, by having like an office that really is branded to an organization that has the metrics that that organization cares about on the wall, where the people in the organization can dress how they like and represent themselves how they like, and, you know, even wear company swag if they want to, you know, just kind of creates like a, an environment that I think allows culture to emerge much more easily. So, you know, that was the thing at Outreach, we had a great culture, but a lot of it wasn't just, you know, us being incredibly intentional about it. It just kind of emerged as a function of us going through working on really hard stuff right next to each other. And I think by creating the right environment, you know, you don't have to be, it just makes it a lot easier to build that culture. And you don't have to be as intentional. If you don't have something like Spot or being in person, you have to be incredibly intentional about building culture and spending the time and creating a really structured way for people to to actually interact in meaningful ways. But, you know, I think, you know, that's just also not the ideal approach. Yeah, and it's very cool. I mean, just for the benefit of the audience, it's kind of really a shame that we don't have a video that you can actually visualize it. But it's like you look at your office online on a computer. I suppose you don't need a headset, a VR headset, which initially I might have thought you might need. You could see it directly on your any computer. Is that correct, Gordon? Is it? Or maybe you could expand yeah. a bit more on that just to, to visualize it for the audience. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think when you kind of hear the concept of spot, your mind might immediately jump to VR and, yeah. you know, dare I say the metaverse, that's kind of a term <laughs> that people, people talk about a lot, but really our, our whole take on it is I think that experience, there's a lot of value in that experience and kind of creating that sense of place and presence, but it's not really tied to wearing a, a, a virtual headset. Like you can have that experience 
with just a desktop application or even just inside the web. Like our application is just a website. You go to spotvirtual.com for those listening. And you know, we do have a desktop app, but you can also just have the experience entirely inside the browser with no headset. And you know, that's all there is. Like, you know, it, yeah. in our mind, like VR is kind of more of a progressive enhancement that some people can opt into and might gain more more popularity in, you know, five to ten years. But right now it's just about catering to that lowest common denominator, which is just being inside the web browser. And has this, you know, is it all the same function you like of the two? Like there's a lot of tools, communication tools, so to speak, out there. I mean, there's Teams, you know, there's Zoom, there's Skype, there's Slack, for example, for messaging. Is it, does it all, does it have all that kind of same functionality within the application? Yeah. I mean, it, it actually is a very robust tool. Like when we first started building Spot, it was really just focused on that spatial experience. We're just feeling like you're in the office together. But some of our early customers, they basically said, look, if you had channels and reactions and a couple of other things, we would use you instead of Slack and instead of Teams. And so we kind of leaned into that. So we actually have a really robust team chat solution inside the product. And we're kind of a seamless all-in-one hub for all that stuff, asynchronous and real-time interactions. So It's it's a very good point you mentioned there about, you know, clearly the system is built based on customer feedback that are using it. And that's, I guess that's driving your roadmap. But when you were starting out the concept, did you do a lot of market research first and talk to customers before you even started building it? The short answer is no. Like Wes okay. and I, were, we're builders. So we right. do do market. We're continually talking to customers, but we would rather build a really quick and dirty prototype of okay. a, a crazy idea that we have and show it to customers and get feedback in the context of our actual product than you know, just do a lot of just conversational stuff. It's just kind of how we operate. We love to build. It's also one of our faults is we just build, <laughs> you know, we build first to ask questions later. But yeah. something we've learned over the years is to, you know, you got to be willing to pivot and modify and change your assumptions. But we do build first and ask questions later. That's kind of how, how we operate. Yeah. Like, like how do you determine what is the minimum, you know, viable product that you get out there? I mean, how do you decide, okay, I think this is a good first uh, go at the product. Let's get out to customers. Or is there a rule of thumb on this? Yeah, I mean, I think anything that you know you can put in front of a customer and have them attempt to use is an MVP. Whether or not it actually creates enough value is a different question. So for us, it's like let's build a bunch of things. Let's build build something really quick. Let's get it in front of customers, see what they think, and then iterate. And maybe it'll take a bunch of MVPs until we actually have something that has product market fit, which is very tangible. Like you know when you have product market fit. Because you just feel it. And I think it's just, you got to try a bunch of things and have a lot of grit and keep iterating on different MVPs until you find something that you think actually has the potential to achieve product market fit. Okay. And you, like you've got some uh, I mean, amazing clients already using the system, the platform. How do you go about getting clients like that from such an early day? Because they're difficult you know, to get into big companies like that. Yeah. So, you know, Unlike outreach was where that was more more of a enterprise sales based company or just a sales led company, we're kind of right. more of a product led company this time around. Where we're you know it's really easy to just go to spotvirtual.com and sign up and create an office. And so some of the teams at the larger companies, those are just small teams within those organizations okay. who have signed who have just signed up themselves and started using the product. Like we have you know developer teams from Netflix and you know teams from Google have tried out the platform and held events and things. And so it works well that way. But I think, you know, a lot of our most successful customers right now are come from all over the place. Like we have 
law firms and accounting firms who are fully distributed and work remotely who are using this product very effectively. And it's really cool to see that. We even have a virtual, we have a veterinarian firm who is, who, you know, it's a group of vets that operate remotely and they have a really crazy culture inside spot. And it's, it's actually, it's really incredible. They give us tons of feedback. And so really it's, you know, and we like to work really closely with, with our customers too. Like we reach out to every single person who signs up who represents a team and just you know, try to talk to them and you know, just really nurture that because just as important as finding new customers is keeping the customers that you do have. And so I actually think that's, you know, when you're starting a company, it's these days, if you're able to just get like a baseline level of coverage, like just get out on product hunt or get, you know, get, get some coverage on some financing or something like that, you will get a couple of customers or a couple of people who come into your platform. And then, you know, it's your job to make sure those customers stay around and actually love their love the product, or if they don't stay around, at least understand why they didn't stay around. And so that's what we spent a lot of our time focused on. And just now, and now we're actually, we are thinking, how do we really ramp up distribution and stuff like that? But yeah. Yeah, brilliant. I have a couple of questions actually going back from, you know, what you've learned from the first couple of startups. You know, at startup number one, some, you know, a lot of founders are very passionate and they keep on, on and on and on and keep investing more and more, which would, in theory, they probably should have stopped at a much earlier stage. What was that stage where you said, okay, this is not working, guys. We have to move on here. I mean, you almost did it also. You mentioned it on the number three. Like what stage do you decide, okay, this is enough. We need to stop this. Yeah. So a lot of companies have a very deterministic endpoint and that's when they run out of money. So, (laughs) you know, in in that case, like that was the super early days of Y Combinator and they only gave us $10,000 and, you know, we were a team of three people and after YC, yeah. we did raise fifty thousand additional dollars from some great investors, but it's still yes. a really small amount of money. Yeah, yeah. And we spent a couple of years working on that, you know, essentially, you know, being roommates and not really paying ourselves. And so, you know, after a couple of years of that, and you basically essentially having no money in the bank and you know, not feeling like and just not having the numbers that really back the growth that you're trying to achieve, I think it becomes pretty straightforward. Or at least at that yeah. point, it's a pretty straightforward decision to either shut down the company or you know have a pretty dramatic pivot or just really have a moment of reckoning. Okay. Um, but you know these days like especially maybe not so much now but in the last couple of years companies have been able to raise a lot of money and then I think it becomes more difficult to make that determination if you raised almost too much money. But again like you know running out of money is a really easy way okay. to know know that for sure. <laughs> but you know we did run out of money with group talent but we still kept with it and the grit and you know helped us come through it and we were able to get something out of there. So it's a fine line between, you know, knowing when to do that and when to pivot. Yeah. Uh, good point. How about, you know, you mentioned, you know, you raised obviously a lot of money recently with Spot. So is that obviously a strategy you'd recommend to other potential entrepreneurs that do go out there and raise money rather than try and, you know, build it yourself? I mean, I think bootstrapping is actually a phenomenal way to build a business if you can. I think it really depends on the nature of the business. If there's a lot of, you know, like I think some products like are easier to bootstrap than others. If they're yeah. more straightforward and the technology isn't, you know, there's not a lot of overhead in the technology to, you know, really create the product. You know, for instance, I'm trying to think of like GitHub's a good example of something that, right. you know, was bootstrapped for a long time and, you know, they could, they created an amazing product. I think if you're able to, bootstrapping is great. But then you look at companies like Figma, 
And Figma, you know, it took them years to actually get the product to the level where they could actually start monetizing it. And then it was, you know, incredible yearly revenue multiples once they actually did start to monetize it. And I think if you're really doing something very ambitious, like what we're trying to do with Spot, it's really difficult to bootstrap it because there's a certain threshold like Figma where the product has to cross in order to really, you know, really nail that product market fit. But, you know, some other more straightforward applications, like we probably could have bootstrapped outreach more easily than spot, but right. I think you can. So I think it's it's just a calculation where if, you, if you're able to bootstrap and you're it, it makes sense for you, then I think that's a great option. You might not want to bootstrap if you want to just grow the company more quickly. Like maybe right. maybe you could bootstrap if you wanted to, but you just want to pour some fuel on the fire. There's a lot of factors that play into both how quickly do you want to grow the business? What type of business do you want to create? Is it going to be a lifestyle business or is it going to be something where it's a go big or a go home venture business? And all of those things kind of play into that decision. And how about do you, do you charge from day one or do you just focus on getting as many users on the platform? What's your view on this? So right now, you know, we're, we're really focused on usage. Like we do have, okay. we do have a decent amount of revenue, actually. Not a lot of revenue, but okay. you know, we have one of the one thing we learned at Outreach is, you know, it's important to get contracts in place. And, you know, actually, because we work so closely with our customers, we do have, we are able to, you know the the larger customers who want to use us were able to get we try to get them on a yearly contract and you know work closely right. with them and I think the benefit of charging early is you actually get your customer more invested into the product where you know somebody's paying you money and they're they've signed a contract they're going to put a lot more effort into using your product and being successful so I think if you're able to to do something like that I think it's valuable but right now you know we're still trying to achieve what we believe is a really strong fit within the market. And so for that, we just want to get as many people using us as possible. And that's kind of our really top level goal right now. And then, you know, down the line, we're really going to double down on the monetization. Okay, fantastic. So talk to us about the future. I mean, what's next steps for Spot and where is it going to? Um, Yeah, I mean, we have, you know, really it's it's double, it's it's just continuing to invest in the users that are using us today and also just really pushing the technology forward. Like if you look at Spot and you use our product, it's a really ambitious undertaking to kind of create this 3D experience in the browser and also have it feel like an enterprise communication app. Like if you use something like Slack or Teams, you'll feel right at home inside Spot. And so, you know, there's just a lot of fundamental technology we want to build to make that experience as smooth and lightweight and just really solid. And a lot of that also will play into, you know, being able to progressively enhance with VR and just make it feel more like you're in person with people. Okay. So it's really just building out our platform. Like I think it's an exciting time where you actually can do products like Spot inside the browser, and we yeah. just want to build the best one. So yeah. And how about uh, you mentioned we mentioned we we were joking earlier about metaverse, but have you got some plans for that, or it's a long, long way? I mean, the metaverse is such an overloaded term. Like it okay. brings in crypto, VR, AR, all of these things together. I would say, like you know, if you you could probably categorically say that Spot is you know, a metaverse for work. I think it's just something where a lot of companies, they're not out there actively saying we need the metaverse. Some are actually, but you know, it's it's just for me, the metaverse isn't isn't the problem. You know, we're trying to solve like bringing people together and building company culture, reducing retention. And that's kind of what we like to focus on in terms of what we talk about. But yeah, I mean, I think the metaverse is kind of a as a solution to this in a sense where like if you can create an experience that really brings people in that's more immersive and makes people feel 
more connected to their coworkers, then I'm all for it. I think it's just such a it's kind of a really convoluted situation right now with crypto and other stuff yes. like that. That could be. I think that has to be a topic for another podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but if people would like to learn more about Spot or maybe yourself, what's the best way to get in contact, uh, Gordon? Um, yeah. So you know, we're live right now. You can go online and try Spot out yourself with no human involvement. Just go to www.spotvirtual.com and there should be a big sign up button. And yeah, that's the best way to try out the product. And if you want to reach me directly too, you can send me an email at Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N at spotvirtual.com. Cool. Listen, thank you so much for coming on today. Fantastic tips. I really appreciate it. And look forward to talking to you again at some stage in the future. Likewise. Thanks a lot, Ken.